BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Grid. I'm your host, Kevin Walsh. It's a Monday night. They played a little ditty from last Monday. The doubleheader, the best bet was a winner. We're going to do the same thing tonight. Let's first off talk about the two games that we will be hitting on in full, full breakdowns here. Game number one, a 7-15 kickoff with two teams that are unbeaten in the NFC. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers play host to the Philadelphia Eagles in Tampa Bay. The Bucs are a four and a half, now up to five and a half home underdog in this football game. That total is 44 and a half. It does look to be dropping at most places though, going on down to uh, a flat 44. Philly so far against the number really depends when you bet it. But if you laid the Eagles' first two numbers right before kick, you're 2-0 against the number. There are some people who maybe bet New England earlier, earlier on. Maybe you covered on that five number. And some a lot of early bettors covered with Minnesota. The Bucks here are 2-0 against the spread. An outright upset of those Vikings in their opening game. And then they handled their business against maybe the worst team in the National Football League, the Chicago Bears. Early lean Eagles will go to that game for a quick pick. Game two is where all the questions come in. 8-15 kick. The Cincinnati Bengals host the Los Angeles Rams. It's a field goal line. It's a 45.5 total. There are some flat 45s that sit out there, which you will see comes into action in just a little bit for us here. Will Joe Burrow play? Let's bring our radio audience into the fold here on a Monday night. Game Time Decisions is live, and I'm Kevin Walsh. We're live across the Sports Grid Network, including Sirius XM, Channel 159. These Cincinnati numbers have been growing stronger. This total has been moving up, but we still do not have official word on Joe Burrow being in yet. Every indication Joe Burrow will start tonight for the Bengals, including some sports books, giving us player props on Joe Burrow. So keep your eyes peeled. We will break both these games down in just 10 minutes here. Go through the full rundown of the card. And again, I get you a quick pick in just five minutes. But I want to kind of talk about the weekend and everything that it did deliver and tons of movement coming with some of these results. But no result causing more movement than a 50-point route, a near-historic opportunity 
offensive performance from the Miami Dolphins as they beat the Denver Broncos 70-20. And it could be easy to get lost in the Sean Payton disaster that has been his 0-3 tenure with this Bronco team. But Miami is the story. The favorite to win Coach of the Year is Sean Payton's adversary in that game, Mike McDaniel. The favorite to win League MVP, that's Tua Tungavailoa. Tyreek Hill inside the top three for Offensive Player of the Year. And Devon Achon comes in all of a sudden inside this Offensive Rookie of the Year market with a four-touchdown game for the Denver Broncos. Miami, for Miami, excuse me, Miami is a minus money favorite anywhere you look now to win the AFC East. The Dolphins game next week, you guessed it, the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Early line is out. Bills lay two and a half in their own building. Cannot wait to talk about that. Upset so far of the season. Legitimately could end up being the biggest upset we see this year. The Dallas Cowboys lay 12 and a half points in Arizona. Lost outright. We're losing the entire way. This wasn't a choke job. This was more of the same for the Cardinals. Jump up on their opponent. The difference between week one against the Commanders and week two against the New York Giants is the Arizona Cardinals were able to hold serve. Survivor players certainly uh, were uh, <laughs> hit hard by this result. But the question now comes really both sides of it here. Look, Dallas is 2-1. and one along with a bunch of other teams. The Niners are 3-0, and the Eagles are favorite tonight to become 3-0 as well. I think it's fair to say Dallas doesn't belong in Tier 1 with Philadelphia and San Francisco, assuming the Eagles can finish it out tonight with a win. But what about the other side of the coin now? I was saying this heading into this game. There is no evidence that the Arizona Cardinals are as bad as everybody, and I'm not saying I wasn't included in this, by the way, but as everybody was projecting them to be. There was a win total out there, minus 145 to the over, sure, but still of three and a half. We've never seen a three and a half. We've hardly seen four and a halfs. That Arizona number is one that maybe still cashes under. Maybe the wind comes out of their sails after an outright win against the Dallas Cowboys here. But the Cardinals so far, they just look good. They look like a competent football team. And if not for their collapse against the Giants, they would be sat there 2-1, and one, and we'd be asking, are, are they the second-best team in the NFC West? Perhaps. Let's go over to the college football ranks, though, as we try and flip through this, because the big game of the weekend, two top-10 teams, Ohio State and Notre Dame. A 17-14 win for the Buckeyes on the road in South Bend. No cover for the Buckeyes. The best you could have uh, accomplished if you did bet on Ohio State was a push as they win this game by three, game going well under the listed total. My big takeaway from this game, a game between potentially two national title contenders where one would really stake their claim after a victory, neither Notre Dame or Ohio State are national title contenders. Notre Dame should be embarrassed by that loss, and I'm sure they are. Ten men on the field for both of the final two plays of that game, Ryan Day celebrating like it was his Super Bowl. Well, it might as well have been. It'll be the biggest win that Ohio State gets this season. Major League Baseball. Oh, my goodness. Look at those outright odds in the AL West. What happened to the Houston Astros? Was I not trying to warn everybody about this? Texas Rangers minus 600 handled their business against Seattle with a sweep. Now, for the Mariners, look, you're going head-to-head. -head. It is what it is. You hope, hope, hope for some help. 
from the Kansas City Royals. A series in Houston. No way. Yes way. The Astros swept in their own building by one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. And they are currently at one book odds to make the postseason. Minus 7,000 on Texas. The Mariners, better odds than the Astros to make the playoffs. The AL favorite a week ago, if not less, were the Houston Astros. And they might end up not even making the postseason at some shops sitting 7-1 to one to win the American League. Guess who plays tonight in Seattle? You guessed it. Astros, Mariners, Louis Castillo has the ball. One of the top three pitchers in the American League this season. Look, it's a lot, people. But the quick pick, Chris Godwin, anytime touchdown score, get it on your card. We boosted this thing up at one shot there. Better than plus 350, but still love it at that plus 235 number because Chris Godwin is the only Tampa Bay Buccaneer to be targeted so far this season. Multiple times inside the opponent's 15-yard line on the Bucs. The Philadelphia Eagles have allowed seven passing touchdowns. Uh, yes, seven passing touchdowns so far this season. If Tampa Bay is going to be able to get into the end zone once, twice, maybe three times, Godwin comes away with one, and he's not the only wide receiver I like to score in this game. We give you the full rundown. Eagles, Bucks, Bengals, Rams, next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We're live on Game Time Decisions. I'm your host, Kevin Walsh, and we have a Monday night doubleheader, so let's go through both of these games. Tampa hosts Philly, and Cincy hosts the Los Angeles Rams. We begin in Tampa Bay with this game being first up. Anywhere you look, I'm seeing the total at 44 with 145 and a half. So it looks like people are buying under. Eagles are officially five and a half anywhere that I'm looking. So you are seeing some bets coming back around on Philly, who I know at one point at least today were four and a half. I do lead Eagles on the side, but the five and a half is a number that I'll stay away with ultimately. The Eagles have been an interesting team so far this season. They are 2-0. and Yet a lot of the conversation around the birds is they haven't played well. And maybe it's the quarterback in Jalen Hurts who's really caught people's attention. He's yet to throw for 200 yards this year. I thought in week one against New England, he wasn't great. There was some rain a little bit there. Uh, all in all, they had a couple of deep shots that came back. Okay, fine. But in week two against the Minnesota Vikings, 8.4 yards per attempt is always a really, really good number. What was the issue? Jalen Hurts threw the ball 23 times. The Eagles ran the ball 48 times in that game. Jalen Hurts' 23 pass attempts 
were his lowest total attempts for a game in 27 games. We're going back to 2021 November to find a time that Jalen Hurts only threw the football 23 times. So why is that relevant? Because the Eagles are, and this has been the deal with Sirianni, they are going to do what makes sense against your defense. And Minnesota showed clearly in that game that they couldn't stop the run. So it was swift season. And DeAndre and Hurts a little bit himself and the Eagles offensive line pushed, 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 and they ran a rock. Tonight should be a different story. I'm on Hurts over the yardage as opposed to the attempts prop because those deep shots have been there. We know that the Bucs, and this has been going on for years now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are great against the run. They're great against the run. So we go Jalen Hurts over 235 and a half passing yards. Tampa Bay has allowed both opposing quarterbacks so far to go over their passing prop. Kirk Cousins threw for 344, well clearing his number, and Justin Fields throwing for 211. Remember who we're talking about? Justin Fields yesterday in a 40-point route couldn't get himself above 100 passing yards. Yeah, Justin Fields easily cleared his number by, I believe, 50 yards, 40 to 50 yards finishing in that game. So I'm going with Hertz over his passing prop, checking in again at 235 and a half. The other bet that I make inside this Eagles passing game is going to be the A.J. Brown anytime touchdown score. A.J. has been public, and public meaning speaking with reporters, but also on the sideline speaking with Sirianni and Hurts. Where is the football? A.J. Brown is basically everything that wide receivers get labeled. They want the ball no matter what's going on. And A.J. Brown wants the ball, win or lose. And he felt like he wasn't getting enough against New England. That carried over against Minnesota. The Eagles basically spent the full drives trying to get a touchdown to A.J. And they were successful. But a Rashad Penny hold called that touchdown back. I won't call it back here. If you look right now, the Bucs have allowed four touchdowns so far this season. Three of those have been passing. But more importantly, Jalen Hurts had a multi-rushing touchdown game last week. Last year, Jalen had three of those. He didn't score a rushing touchdown the next week in either of the three following games. So it's not Jalen on the ground tonight. It's Jalen through the air. And one of those finds A.J. Brown at plus 140. Told you what the God bet at plus 235 only Tampa Bay Buccaneers are to be targeted multiple times inside the opponent's 15 yard line that is going to create opportunities and considering all seven touchdowns allowed by this Philadelphia Eagles defense this season have been passing touchdowns this could be and I don't mind if you go over one and a half for Baker Mayfield here but I want to target a big time number on Chris Godwin and cash this ticket here and you're getting great value you're Mike Evans bets and I'm sure plenty of you have them they make all the sense in the world but I'm giving Godwin a shot to get in the end zone tonight Baker was tempting his pass attempts prop is 34 and a half he's thrown the ball exactly 34 times in each of the first two weeks the Eagles opposing quarterbacks week number one Mac Jones threw it 54 times and week two Kirk Cousins threw it 44 times this is where again the narrative that the Eagles aren't playing well is kind of skewing things the reason those attempts props are so high for Cousins and Mac Jones they trailed all game 
The Eagles have been beating up on teams, and then they were allowing them back into the game. So I stayed away from that prop on Baker, but I did get involved in Rashad White's over 16 and a half receiving yards. Zeke Elliott and Ramadre Stevenson in week one had 11 catches for 78 yards combined on 13 targets. Week number two against the Vikings, Alexander Madison and Ty Chandler went five for 20 on eight targets. Those, of course, the backs there. A little bit more split because Rashad White with an injured Chase Edmonds has perhaps taken over all of the receiving work. Last week targeted five times, caught all five of those passes and went for 30 yards. Sean Tucker, who's the backup, the running back out of Syracuse, didn't see a target in that game. If Rashad White is going to get all of that opportunity, we're in a great spot. By the way, Rashad White's received receptions prop, three and a half. Ten games last season where he caught the ball three times, eight of ten went over. Every game he caught it four or more, he at least had 17 receiving yards. Let's get over to game number two, rams Bengals. I know I didn't leave this game as much time, but that's okay. I don't have as much in this game. Part of that is the... Joe Burrow question mark that still literally sits out there but the other part of that is I like the over it's the same thing as what we went through last week when we were breaking down the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns game while I could have ran through prop after prop after prop I felt okay this is pointing me towards an over and there are a number of props that are tempting my eye in this game but instead I'm playing over the 45 that number there 43 and a half is outdated at this point and it, there are plenty of 45 and a half appearing so if you do want a 45 look around certainly don't mind betting a 40 uh, 40 five and a half if need be this total was initially going to be posted at about 47 with the uh, early look ahead line assuming a healthy joe burrow if burrow's playing i i have to assume to some degree he's healthy look let's just take this for what it is stafford and burrow those are two top 10 quarterbacks in this league stafford has put that uh, i think argument to bed with his first two games so far this season so the passing games both have high ceilings especially cincinnati's but if the Bengals have to lean on the run well good thing that the la rams rush defense has been terrible so far this season they're tied for the third most yards allowed per carry so far in the national football league and on the other side of it is a Rams defense that joins Cincinnati, uh, or Cincinnati defense rather, that joins the Rams as only two of six defenses in this league that are averaging over five yards per carry when those opponents run the ball. What does this all mean? Burrow and Stafford, good pass attacks. The run defenses for both of these teams are bad. Means we can get it any way we want. Burrow has a great game, love it. He's still injured, Mixon runs the rock, success. Stafford has a big game, love it. It's not working great, Kyron Williams has a big one on the ground. It's why I largely stepped back from props in this game and played the over. It's my best bet on this doubleheader Monday night slate. There is one prop I played, and it's Matt Stafford's longest completion over 34 and a half. He's one and one on that number so far this season. But the loser came against, look, let's be honest, the Niners, the Bengals aren't them. But let's go Stafford big picture here. In his career with the Los Angeles Rams, he's 19 and seven over this number, 68%. So you're hitting at this at an incredible rate. And when you consider so far Cincinnati allowed a 33 yarder to the Browns, 
who the Watson is not the quarterback that Matt Stafford is. And then Zay Flowers got loose for a 50-yard catch. And again, Lamar Jackson, not the thrower that Matthew Stafford is, cashing an over, of course, a number of 34-and-a-half. I think you got a really, really nice number here on Matthew Stafford's longest completion over 34 and a half. That's what I'm on right now. Six different bets between this Monday night double header. We're going to add a bunch more to your card coming up, though, as both Joe Madden and Taylor Mathis join us right here on Game Time Decisions. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Babs are right here on Game Time Decisions. I'm your host, Kevin Walsh, and we are counting down to kick off another Monday night doubleheader. Joining us here first is Joe Madden as we go through a doubleheader. Joe, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Not as excited for these games as I have been for other Monday night games, but I think there's plenty of opportunities still for us to make some money tonight, Kevin. Well, as a, an Eagles fan, I am both excited and nervous for any game they play. So uh, certainly one of these has my attention. And I'll go to you uh, in terms of the side first year because uh, I like uh, the way you're looking at this game between Philly and Tampa. Yeah, this is going to be a great game for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not buying into the Bucks here and Baker Mayfield. Yes, his completion percentage last week was phenomenal. But look at who they have played. Yes, the Vikings and the Bears. And I know the Eagles have faced the Vikings as well and the Patriots. So not super hard competition. The Eagles, healthier. They haven't played since last Thursday night in week two. This team is going to come out and they're going to dominate in this game. I think you could even extend this line. I know the line is moving. I got it at four and a half. They can win this one by double digits. I do not believe in the box at all, Kevin. I think this is a great game for Eagles fans. Well, I love that. I will say... So I do think the Eagles are the side tonight. I, I like this Tampa team more than most heading into the season. I, I think their 2-0 and is real, even if it's against two teams that are a combined 0-6 right now. But look, Philly played Minnesota as well. I, I just think that the conversation around the Eagles has largely been very negative, and I still think they can have a nice game. And one thing, Joe, that people have not been impressed with uh, from Philadelphia, maybe the defensive side of the ball. They've allowed seven passing touchdowns in two weeks of football. And when I see some of your anytime touchdown picks here, I know one of them is going to target the Eagles' secondary. 
Yeah, absolutely. You got to target the Eagles secondary here. But I do have hopes for this team to look stronger in that secondary and defensively and put that pressure on Baker Mayfield. You have to look at James Bradbury coming back here. Such a strong cornerback for you guys. And with Darius Slay out there, they're going to give Baker Mayfield that pressure out there on the field. So when I do look at the Tampa Bay box, it is Mike Evans that I would be targeting for that anytime touchdown for them because we know Baker has become accustomed to getting the ball to him. It's one of his favorite targets out here. And I do think we will see Baker have some success, just not all of the success that he's had in the past couple of weeks. And if he's to get that passing touchdown, it will go to Mike Evans out there. So the values there for Mike Evans at plus 175 for that anytime touchdown. As you said, Mike Evans has found the end zone each of the first two weeks for Tampa Bay. Let's bring in Taylor Mathis. And Taylor, I see you have an anytime touchdown score on the card as well as we head into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing host again to the Philadelphia Eagles. Before I get into my anytime touchdown prop, I want to touch on the total. I like the under 45 for the Bucks eagles game. Philadelphia's offense is not off to the electric start that it's expected. 13th in DVOA. 19th in yards per offensive play. Quarterback Jalen Hurts is moving through the growing pains of working with a new offensive coordinator in Brian Johnson. Philly's points have come off of turnovers, two drives for less than 30 yards this season, and a pick six. Flags being thrown tonight are going to slow down the pace of play. Adrian Hill is roughing. 62% of his games have hit the under. His crew calls several offensive holding plays. The Bucks hold a league high of five. We should see more drive killers like this tonight with Tampa's defense up against a tough Philly front seven. I'm riding with the under on the total 45 and a half. When it comes to my anytime touchdown play, I'm riding with Jalen Hurts to get in the end zone. Last week, we saw Hurts get in the end zone two times against the Vikings and through 18 starts last season, we saw him score a touchdown 18 times. This is something that Philly fans are very used to seeing. And with the value only being at plus 115, I've got to sprinkle a little bit of money for Hurts to get in the end zone tonight against the Bucs. Listen, uh, you know, Jalen, if, if the ball gets to the one-yard line, Taylor, you, you have to like your chances uh, in that way. Joe, to go back to you, you have an Eagles anytime touchdown score that you're also going to look uh, to attack in another uh, way here. Tell us about it. Yeah, absolutely. I look at this Bucks team and defensively, they're so strong against that run. So I went off of any of the running backs and Jalen Hurts because of that. I'm looking for the Eagles to really get that ball moving through the air. I think Jalen Hurts has a phenomenal day getting that ball going and it's going to go deep. I'm looking at wide receiver A.J. Brown to come out and be phenomenally strong. We know how talented he is yet to record a touchdown on the season. He did have that one taken back last week off a holding call. So I think he's due for that anytime touchdown. We're getting so much value with him there at plus 135. And his receptions, you can take his receptions over four and a half, but I'm not laying that juice. That's coming in at minus 166. You got to bump up his receptions to over five and a half receptions. He's quite capable of doing so. He had seven versus the Patriots. And I do think in this one, this is a game where that ball can fly through the air and who better to get it than A.J. Brown. I agree with that. I'm on AJ uh, for the anytime as well. Taylor, to kick it back to you, I know there is an Eagles prop that has your attention. Looking more at the run game, the Eagles and Kenneth Gainwell, while running back one experiment, 
think is already coming to an end this season. After running back DeAndre Swift, we ran for 175 yards in week two. I'm back in Swift, and we're not talking about Taylor Swift here for once. That's all any NFL fan can talk about right now is Taylor <laughs> Swift. <laughs> I'm going with DeAndre Swift to take the lead in this crowded Phillies backfield over 41 and a half rushing. Swift's had 29 carries, averaging over six yards of play against the Vikings. You don't stop feeding a back like that that's eating up yardage. Swift will be well prepared on 10 days of rest and ready against a tough Tampa run D that sits second best in the league for yards allowed on the ground, only behind the Eagles. Swift should take over as the leader in the Philly backfield, like Swift over 41 and a half rushing yards tonight. It will be interesting to see how they play it because week one, it was all Gainwell, but you can see that, you know, the shops out there expect it to be Swift tonight. Again, that number 41 and a half. Let's go to game number two here where it looks like we have some agreement from the two of you. Uh, in terms of the winner for this game, I am still waiting for Adam Schefter to tell me what we all know, which I think is that Joe Burrow is playing in this game. But if he doesn't, it would look even better. Joe, I go to you first. Bengals, Rams, what's your side? Yeah, I got to go with the Rams here. And Kevin, this is if Joe Burrows is playing or he's not playing out there. I look at this team and right now they're playing the better football. Joe Burrows, if he comes out, he's not going to have that mobility that we expect out of him. And he probably plays this game. But I think the Rams and everything that they've been doing so far this season leads me to believe that they can get this win. So I'm not concerned if Joe Burrows suits up. You can grab the Rams plus the three. I think you also sprinkle on the money line. I love their ability to get this win. Matt Stafford is looking like himself out there. Yes, he's still throwing those interceptions on the season, but I do think this is a great game for him to be able to air that ball out. We know he's going to be able to get it deep here on the Bengals, whose defense, let's face it, is looking average this season. This defense isn't stepping up either. So it's the Rams plus the points and on the money line for me. Uh, and Taylor, I believe you are in full agreements. Kevin, I love when you have Joe and I on Mondays because we always match up on these primetime games. I'm also taking the Rams as underdogs on the money line, or if you want to go with the points, bet it that way as well. This line open as the Bengals seven and a half point favorites. Currently, the line is at three, and the movement all hinges on Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow with his calf injury and whether or not he's going to play tonight. Looking at the market movement, you would assume Burrow's out. According to reports, though, he wants to be out there tonight for Monday night football, and he's suiting up. Either way you play it, I'm backing the Rams. If Burrow doesn't start, Jake Browning will be under center for Cincinnati, leaving a ton of question marks about what they can do offensively with Browning, who's thrown for one pass ever for negative yardage. If Burrow is in, his lack of health has been detrimental to the pass for Cincinnati, yeah. making the Bengals lean on the run. That hasn't been great either, ranking 29th in run success. Over the past two seasons, Cincinnati's offensive success sat on the shoulders of Burrow being able to throw with precision, hitting his wideouts that win the one-on-one -on -one isolation battle. That hasn't happened this year. LA is unexpected and they are the perfect upset piece for week three. The combination of head coach Sean McVay with Matthew Stafford at quarterback, they can rack up the points with creativity. Give me the Rams to upset the Bengals tonight on Monday Night Football. I hope they do rack up the points. I'm on the over in this game. Uh, I, you, know, you know, you said, Taylor, you like when you guys agree. You're both all over Matthew Stafford, which makes a ton of sense. Same here. I've, I think we actually have it covered. 
Tamil likes his over attempts. Joe likes the over touchdowns and yards, and I like over the longest completion. So we've got it all covered. But quickly, Joe, you also like Joe Mixon for rushing yards. Yeah, I do think you have to look at Joe Mixon here. I think he'll have success in this one, taking him over 63 and a half rushing yards. Yeah, and yet he hasn't gone over this in his first two games. I think this is a game where we really see Joe Mixon be able to get some open space here. We know the Rams historically struggle to stop that run. They have done better this season, but I still do think that is their weakness on their defense. And I do think with Joe Burrows in or Joe Burrows out, Joe Mixon will be a key element in this game for the Bengals. So going to take him over the 63 and a half rushing yards. Yeah, both of these run defenses this season have been bad. It certainly uh, would make sense. And the more they run the ball, the harder it is to cover a number. Appreciate you both as we try and flip through another Monday night doubleheader. We're, it's going to feel weird when we do this next week. And there's only one football game to break down, but we will go through it all. That is both Joe Madden and Taylor Mathis joining us on Game Time Decisions. We are coming up against a break, though, here on a Monday night. When we get back, it'll be Joe Lisi going through this Monday night doubleheader. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's game time decisions on a Monday night. The name holding true is we are still waiting for word on Joe Burrow. This is getting annoying. Just announced he's playing. Jordan Schultz, by the way, known reporter uh, around the National Football League, has said the expectation is that Joe Burrow will play. I'll tell you one, Joe, you can always count on. That's Joe Lisi. Joe, how are you feeling here? It's a Monday night. Oh, a new week, Kevin. Two games on tap. Love the Eagles-Tampa Bay, and we'll see if Burrow plays. I think Burrow will play. Line with three right now. You have to think yeah. that up from one and a half. He's going to start tonight at the very least. We'll see how it plays out, but nothing better than Monday Night Football. Yeah, and Joe and I will do, uh, at about 7.20, we'll do the, the Bengals and the Rams game, so hopefully by then we know. We'll start with Eagles-Bucks here, uh, and Lisi, I see you've got uh, some spots in terms of both the side and the total in this football game. Philly's laying five and a half now on the road, and this total sitting mostly at a flat 44. Yeah, Phillies, Eagles, it doesn't matter. I'm all about Philadelphia, minus the four and a half. It's up to five and a half now <laughs> in some areas. I'll lay the five and a half, and I'll take it over 44 and a hook, Kevin. Again, I know that the Eagles have struggled. They put up 34 points, mostly on the ground last time they played against the Minnesota Vikings with DeAndre Swift. They pounded the rock for over 200. I think tonight's a different story. You look at Jalen Hurts, 235 and a half. I'm over that. I think A.J. Brown eats 73 and a half. And I also think he goes to Dallas Goddard 
in, ter in terms of the 38 and a half. Also like him for an anytime touchdown tonight as well. Keep an eye out for that. I didn't look into Goddard enough. I, that might be a mistake. He caught the ball a bunch last week, but no yardage for him really in the game against Minnesota. So if that if you can get the same amount of targets, Joe, the Goddard makes plenty of sense. Yeah, I like Goddard. I mean, the the one thing I will say is if you're Todd Bowles and you're the Tampa Bay Bucks, you want to take out either Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown. You want to neutralize them and obviously shut down the rushing attack. So that's short to intermediate passes over the middle. Goddard should be open and he should be mismatched on a linebacker. I sort of like that, especially in red zone opportunities. So, again, it's all about, yeah. about game script. I have to think that you look at Jalen Hurts right now. They want to start fast on the road. And let's not forget. You know, Tampa Bay's 2-0, but they beat Minnesota, they beat Chicago, a combined 0-6 yep. right now. So when you look at the body of work, is it really that impressive? And that's not to take away from Tampa Bay's success, but you have to call it what it is right now. 2-0-6, 2-0-3 teams that are combined winless right now. I, I think that favors Philly in, in terms of this matchup. Well, the one I was thinking about that, I think it's fair. The problem is the Eagles also played Minnesota, and the we New England too. win... Yeah, no, that's. but I'm saying that the New England win wasn't great. Like, in terms of who the Eagles have played so far, I, I, I do think the Eagles are, are the side in this game here. The Eagles have held double-digit leads with less than four minutes remaining in the game in both against the Pats and against the Vikings. This idea that the Eagles are playing terribly, well, then, let me say this to you. If you think the Eagles are playing terribly, you should be firing on their on their outright market in the Super Bowl because what happens when they start playing well, Joe? It's 17-plus against every opponent if everyone thinks they're playing that bad. Well, think about this, too, and everybody says they're playing bad. From a defensive perspective, they're playing lights out. Tell me mm -hmm. who's run on the Eagles consistency, uh, consistently. Now, New England didn't do it in game one. Minnesota didn't do it, and I don't think Tampa Bay's going to do it. So, again, that means long third downs for Baker Mayfield. And at the end of the day right now, you have to keep into account new offense and defensive coordinator as well. I mean, Brian Johnson is still understanding how that talent responds. He found it in game number two against Minnesota in terms of the ground game. I think he finds it in terms of this matchup against a suspect secondary in terms of Tampa Bay. I'm not sold on this Tampa Bay team. Even though they're 2-0, they've over-exceeded expectations up until this point. If they get this victory, then I'll give them credit. But I think the side for the night is the Eagles. Uh, I don't disagree. I'm on the Hurts passing yards just as you are. Uh, AJ's anytime touchdown. Godwin anytime touchdown. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit uh, more. Rashad White over 16 and a half receiving yards. Uh, let's just talk some college football here. So, look, the biggest game of the week on was, was Notre Dame-Ohio State. Notre Dame's back to 50-1 to to win the title. Rightfully so. At this point, I think it might be more likely they trip up somewhere, meaning they lose a game that's not. Clemson or USC, then kind of run the table, which is what it would take for them to get into the college football playoff. But because I feel like a lot of people will agree with that, Joe, my takeaway comes on Ohio State. Not impressed at all. Don't care. It was in South Bend. Not impressed at all. I cannot believe their title odds have been dropping. I, most recent look, it actually went from 8-1 to one back to plus 850. They are, at best, the third best team in the Big Ten. Well, I agree. I think if they played Penn State tomorrow, Penn State and Drew Aller, even in, the, in terms of Columbus, would win that ballgame. The way they dominated Iowa, I agree with you 100%. And at the end of the day, Aldrich Estime ate on that front seven. So, again, if we're looking at head-to-head, -head, 
if they couldn't really shut down the run consistently against Notre Dame, and that's still a weakness, how are they going to fare against Nick Singleton and Katron Allen, and more importantly, Blake Corum and Michigan's heavy offensive line when they play Michigan at the end of the regular season? So I agree with you 100%. Again, is Notre Dame out of it? No, they run the table. They get they get a victory over Duke this weekend. That's a top 25 team. They get the victory over Clemson. You would hope. I mean, it would benefit Notre Dame if Clemson wins that ball game against Florida State, right? Having only one loss, then you hand them the second loss. But again, if they can knock off Caleb and just run the table, they're going to be there, Kev. They're going to have an opportunity to potentially yeah. knock down that college football playoff door because you can't lose it any closer in terms of the last play of the game. I mean, that is the perfect loss for Notre Dame right now. It, it is. The problem is, and I know people. there are some people who love it this way, the margin for error is so small in college football that still, if Notre Dame lost another game, oh, we've never can. seen a two-loss team get in, nope. and they're not going to be the first one to do that without playing in a conference. And so, that's, so Notre Dame now has no margin for error, and that's why that is such a deflating game. And look, also, as much as I think they should have won the game, that Ohio State team, to me, is not that wouldn't have been the same, Joe? CJ Stroud, the Justin Fields versions, the most recent years, Ohio State. That's not what we are with this current Buckeyes group. So that's why I don't feel as good about it. It shouldn't be a, oh man, at least we hung with one of the best in the country. I don't think Ohio State's one of the best in the country. I don't, I agree with you. But if you're looking at big picture, there's no margin of error. You're right. Assuming, though, that Notre Dame does run the table, and let's say they're 11-1, and one, they're going to have an opportunity at that. It's better than getting blown out the way Clemson did last year, right? Clemson got blown out by Notre Dame by 20-plus points. They had no shot to get back to the college football playoff. If it's between, let's just say, a one-loss SEC team, a one-loss Big Ten team, they're going to have mm -hmm. a great argument because they lost it on the last play of the game. That's fair. That's totally fair, that they would be unbeat. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. You're, 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 you're actually very spot on on that. Oregon, Colorado. I want to know, what, what was your takeaway from the 42-6 to blowout that the Ducks put on the Buffaloes? I, I mean, we talked about it on College Football Today. That was where the game was going to be won or lost. If Colorado was going to compete on the road, they needed to protect Shador Sanders. They needed to stop the run. They did neither in terms of that ball game. I mean, Bucky Irvin, that offensive line and that rushing attack ran at will, which opened up the play-action passing game for Bo Nix as well. And at the end of the day, the offensive line could not hold up from a more dominant defensive front. We talked about it, 16 total sacks allowed heading into that ball game, 1.9 yards per rush. You're completely one-dimensional, and unfortunately, they got exposed. Now, they have an opportunity to rebound at home against Caleb in this ball game. I will say I do believe Oregon is a little bit better on the defensive front than maybe USC, but we'll see how it plays mm -hmm. out. Uh, here's my so I know that like the eye is on Colorado Oh, Cinderella story's over oh they got exposed here's my thing I think because Colorado so much to talk people are gonna overlook what Oregon did in this game offensively they were as good as we expected in fact unfortunately what an awful beat them not going over their team total like that's a, I know everybody determines bad beats as things that happen with like a second remaining Oregon scoring 35 in the first half 42 and then sitting on a team total of 45 and a half that's a miserable beat here's my point though Colorado at we like people thought the defense was bad 
They scored six points, and that sixth point came, you know, all the touchdown came in complete garbage time. I know people are going to laugh when I bring up Hawaii, but that has been a prolific passing attack. Oregon has now shut down Joe Schrager at Hawaii, who's ripping the ball, and Shadur Sanders, who's thrown it for 300-plus yards a game. We, uh, with, with Michael Penix and Caleb Williams inside this conference here, I come out of that game asking myself, do I need Ducks title futures here? Can Oregon get themselves to the college football playoff and beyond? Yeah, they can. Now, I will say they did get a little bit exposed when they were in Lubbock. They gave up a lot of big plays over the top. But since that time, mm -hmm. they did regroup. And I agree with you. Again, Dan Lanning has done a fantastic job in the interior. That's yeah. where they hold an advantage. I think the only team right now, I, I, I still think Washington and Utah, the creme de la creme. But I would put Oregon, and we're just talking offense and defense alliance. Uh, Oregon third, USC fourth. That doesn't mean USC is not going to win the potentially the Pac-12 because they can outscore anybody. But if we're talking sure. offense and defensive line play, it goes Utah, Washington, Oregon, then USC. And at the end of the day, the <sighs> Caleb, yeah, Caleb is much better. But that might be as a pro prospect. Like, I am not, like, the gap of Caleb to Bo Nix, Caleb to Penix, heck, right. let's be honest, and I, you know I hate Utah, Caleb right. to Rising. In college is not as big as it is in terms of the prospects that we are evaluating. And look, right. I'm somebody, I, use a, I have a piece of USC to win the Pac-12. I'm not jumping for joy about that. It's fine, it's early, right? But that's kind of where things are. Florida State gets to win at Death Valley in overtime. Bad result for Dabo. Alabama gets to win at home against Ole Miss. Florida State, Alabama, buying. What's the buy level on those two teams coming off a of victory? It's tough. I mean, Florida State, to me, did it defensively against Clemson. I mean, when you send the safety blitz down 24 to 17, when you're back against the wall, you get the scoop and score, and then you shut them down in terms of the overtime. Very imp impressed with the defensive effort, even though Clemson pushed them to the limit. That is a quality win in depth. They, they handed Clemson their third loss at home since 2015. I mean, to overcome that first-half deficit, they kept their resolve. This team, I think, has much more to give right now than Alabama. I mean, they can run it. They have an experienced quarterback. And I think their defense is a little bit better than Alabama right here, right now. Now, only time will tell. We'll see how Alabama develops throughout the rest of the SEC. But they did a pretty good job at home against Jackson Dart. But they still got exposed with some big plays over the top. Let me say this though, Joe. Right? You know, you know, we we do this all the time, right? Yeah. Just root it in, root it yeah. in. Yeah. If you're LSU, and you you go, you know what? Look, man, we can beat that Alabama team. Yes. Florida State is doing you all the favors in the world, man. Florida State goes on, and it's going to be. It's a good ACC this year. It's a good ACC this year. I like UNC. I like Miami. But if Florida State is the number one team in college football. Tigers and Jaden Daniels are going to be there. Lisi, we'll do it again in a little bit and talk the second game of that doubleheader. Can't wait. Love the show. My man, Joe Lisi there helping us break down Monday Night Football Part 1 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll get you another bet in that game as we move it along right here on Game Time Decisions. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We're back with you right here. It's game time decisions on a Monday night. First of all, before we get to a little hour one best bet, uh, we have Joe Burrow officially active, uh, which Tom Palisaro was, in fact, the first to let us know. Ian Rappaport has get, has gone on uh, to say uh, that he is uh, expected to start. Uh, and he's also said uh, that he's not necessarily 100%. And I said that part a little bit earlier on, but we are going to have Joe Burrow available tonight for Cincinnati. Let me see if we have any movement off of that news, because I saw some loose three and a halfs jumping off the page here. 45 and a halfs mostly will continue to track that number. In fact, is it going down to flat threes everywhere? Mm-hmm. People buying against the Burrow news, maybe. We'll take a look. We'll continue to talk. Joe Lisi will jump back in, break that down with us. And then the in-game live crew, both Joe Ranieri and Dave Sharapan, will be here. But Bucks and Eagles, my favorite bet in this game today is the Jalen Hurts over 235 and a half passing yards as always make sure you hunt around get yourselves the best of that number uh, there are some 237 and a half 238 and a half is probably the top of the market but we're going over the 235 and a half opposing quarterbacks against the bucks so far 2 and 0 over this number because the bucks defense is seemingly the same as it is every single season Hard to run on, which means you just have to throw on that team. Minnesota got a good dose of that as Kirk Cousins threw it 44 times for 344 yards and Justin Fields threw it 29 times for 211 yards. And you know as well as I do that Fields throwing for 211 is the equivalent of Jalen tonight throwing for about 300, which I think he has a legitimate chance to do. His pass attempts last week against Minnesota, just 23, his fewest in 27 games. Hurts tonight fires the football, hits deep shots to both A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith as the Eagles will move the football tonight on Tampa Bay primarily through the air. We are back in less than a minute. We'll touch the baseball board and get you another touchdown score from Bucks eagles BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.